Hello and welcome back to Tells. My name is Bussi and this podcast is on poker and love. I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Nimi. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thanks. It's good to be on the show. Is it? It's funny because we call this a show, but <laughs> we basically do like no preparation whatsoever for it. Speak for yourself. You do preparation for this? A lot of planning? I do, actually. Thank you very much. And then reviewing whether we nailed the, the plan. You're so rude. Am I? Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, on today's show, we're going to be talking about poker, obviously, mm-hmm. and eroticism. Whoa. Which would you like to address first? Uh, could go either way, really. <laughs> Let's get into the eroticism. Sounds, sounds like something people might uh, stick around for. <laughs> okay. Andrew, what do you think eroticism is? Sex. <laughs> That's it? Um, what about sex? All sex is not erotic. Yes not. or no? Uh, yes, it is. All sex is erotic? Yeah, con- the consensual kind, yes. Okay, so not? what does erotic mean? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> and alluding to it. And things that might eventually end up in sex. Okay. Such as foreplay. Should we look up the definition of eroticism? All right. As defined by Merriam-Webster, eroticism is the quality that causes sexual feelings Mm -hmm. as well as philosophical contemplation concerning the aesthetics of sexual desire, sensuality, and romantic love. The quality may be found in any form of artwork, including painting, sculpture, photography, drama, film, music, or literature. Okay. So it's like things that allude to the the sex stuff. Well, I learned a new uh, or rethought of definition of eroticism. Okay. Do you think... Okay, first, before we go there, do you think you can be erotic on your own? without an object of desire being another person i suppose so <laughs> that uh, long pause okay so how would you be erotic on your own i don't know if i want to get into this in a public <laughs> in, a, in a public forum to be okay. honest with you no well i did just want to make you feel uncomfortable that's the point of the conversation uh, because I learned a definition of eroticism, which is almost like uh, joie de vie. Which means what? The joy of life. So eroticism is the thing that makes you feel alive, right? Hmm. Does sex make you feel alive? It's one thing that does, yes. Okay. What else makes you feel alive? A downswing. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be erotic too. I would never equate the two, but <laughs> if you say so. So if we think about eroticism... The basis is to, that it makes you feel alive. It alludes to life and creation yes. of life. Correct. Okay. Life and creation. So yes, it's been attributed to sexuality, but it's not the only realm that it can inhabit. Mm. So you... That's why I was asking you if you thought you could be erotic by yourself. Because if you do the things that make you feel alive... 
then you are cultivating eroticism within yourself. Seems like a stretch. Just because you have a narrow definition. Probably. So it says philosophical contemplation. Yeah. So are you, do you philosophically contemplate sex? I mean, philosophical contemplation sounds like it's just like way early on in the timeline that would eventually lead to getting laid. What? Like thinking about ways that could eventually end up with that series of events that ends up in sex. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, I learned this from psychologist and author Esther Perel because she's very big on the individual taking responsibility for themselves. So your sexual pleasure, your relationship to self, before the relationship with another sure. right because get down with that. you know so she talks about desire one of the big themes of her work is desire and she says how do you cultivate desire how do you cultivate desire do you think what do you mean cultivate desire like from other people that want to desire that i want to desire me or how do i cultivate my desire for other things right so how do you think your desire arises it's very natural it's, it's just my essence. <laughs> okay, well... So how does she think we cultivate desire? Well, she talks about in a relationship, you cultivate desire by creating tension, right? Tension mm. being... Sexual? <laughs> and not everything is about sex. <laughs> okay. Yes, it might all lead to sex in your mind. Hope so. <laughs> but not everything is purely about sex. I'm not sure I agree, but okay. So... <laughs> Uh, so she talks about how in your relationship, when desire wanes, is because there's no curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. You already think you know your partner. So why would you desire something that you already have? Isn't that the case? We usually want the things that we don't have. Somewhat, yeah. But she's not talking about going outside and bringing another person into your relationship. Mm -hmm. More like allowing people in the relationship to be individuals and then when I go outside and come back with a story or what I've accomplished or what I've done out in the world, right. then that creates the desire, the life, joie de vie so basically in saying, the relationship. Saying that we should not just like function 100% as like a unit all the time. We Correct. should still maintain some autonomy and, and uh, get together. Yes. Pretty much. So that's why I thought the conversation about eroticism was so interesting. Because the first time when I saw the title of the newsletter, I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Eroticism between two people. And she says, cultivate that within yourself. I said, how? I think. Uh, how? I think I do that. How do you cultivate? How? I, think what, I, I think I'm frequently like my own man, like doing my own thing without your being there. Okay, so what are the things in your life that make you feel alive? So to put it into context, she was talking about how over the past year and a half, a lot of people have lost the things that make them feel alive, right? Going to concerts, being outside, whatever the thing is that your part of the world said no more of because of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. What is it that helps you cultivate eroticism? I guess like... Going out and uh, being productive, I guess. That Does that bring you joy? Like, 
going out and being productive? Yes. Okay, that's fine. Not necessarily like the method itself, but like the the being productive part, like the result. Okay, so production aside, Mr. Capitalism. Okay. What <laughs> brings like you joy? I, you don't, why don't you like my answer? <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like your answer, but I Creating. doubt that going to work is the thing that brings you joy. Really? Like what brings you happiness? <laughs> Going uh, to sit at a poker table for 12 hours well, that's brings what I you said, like, ultimate happiness. That's why I said not necessarily like the, uh, you know, like the actual function itself, but like the the overall act of like being a hunter, going out hunting and bringing my dead <laughs> moose home with me that I caught for you. Okay. Um, what else brings like you joy? Being creative. Okay. Creating something. Okay. And what else? Why is there always like something else? Why don't you like my answer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just feel like you are making it very philosophical. Eating an ice cream, basic things. Like, uh, what do you think you lost because of the state of the world uh -huh. that used to bring you joy? Like you say, uh, going to the bar. A nice beverage. Right. Yes. Okay. Having a beverage with friends. Yeah. Often at like a new spot. Yeah. Seeing friends. I'm kind of a simple man. That's about it. <laughs> you tell me you. You tell me some of your things. I think I wrote down like talking to strangers. Mm -hmm. You know. Could see that. Going out and talking to a stranger at a bar or the new yoga studio. Because it for me it's not really the the going to the bar. It's like not knowing who will be there and what random fact I will learn by chatting to the person sitting next to me. Mm -hmm. um, I I'm also- little, I'm a little jealous that you're able to do that. Not jealous that like they get your attention. Jealous that like you are brave enough to do that and are like genuinely excited by it. Everybody's just as nervous as you. So I mm -hmm. think people feel relief, you know, when you talk to them. Well, I mean, cause you're so easy to talk to. I'm not. You're not easy to have, talk to. I don't necessarily have the uh, the not automatic flow that you do. Loosened conversation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, talking talking to strangers. Um, but also solo dining. Really. Not just going to a bar and having a cocktail. Mm -hmm. No, full on meal, because that okay. does. It's like you have in the back of your head that people might be judging you for sitting at a restaurant by yourself. Oh, I don't care about that. But but literally, I'm sure some nobody's do. judging you. Um, but that gives me a little thrill. Hmm. So, um, so these are all things that uh, are like your autonomous thing that do it for you. And then you're saying that these will come back into play as we like reunite and give us energy, erotic energy. So if you think about it on your worst poker day, mm -hmm. right? You've lost like X amount of dollars. Yeah, happened like two days ago. <laughs> do you want to come home and like have sex um, in that moment I don't could, think about like i could i could be easily convinced i think <laughs> <laughs> no but not convincing you would have do to do, you, the, do this do the starting exactly so if eroticism is linked to like life force which is what i got from the newsletter yeah and video that i watched which i'll share in the comment section if anybody's interested the joy of life has to spring forth from within you, but then it spills out into your life, right? Because if I have to initiate and do the work, then you didn't really want to have sex in that moment.
but I might want to. And therefore you go, okay. But think about how, when you feel your best, how you, how you walk in the world. Yeah. How, you know what I mean? So it, the eroticism is not just cultivated when you see an attractive person because on your worst day, you literally do not want to, like, even if we said no sex, we're not talking about sex at all. Yeah. If I'm having a bad day mm-hmm. and I go out and eat, do you think I want to talk to the person next to me at the restaurant? Mm. Absolutely not. Okay. You know, but if I go out and I leave the house and I'm feeling great, mm-hmm. of course I want to talk to other people so and you're like saying, share the joie de vie. So you're saying you wouldn't want to do the things that allow you to be like you expressing yourself and finding that. Yes, I'm just saying that like if we, we have less life, uh-huh. We want to express less of life when sure. we're in this low energetic place mm-hmm. without eroticism. Okay. I Have I sold you on the new, more broader definition of eroticism? I like it so much. I think it's, uh, I'm, I, I also like it. <laughs> I still wouldn't file it in the same fo- manila folder. <laughs> Why? Why why do we place sex in its own folder? Because it's just a part of life as eating a jelly bean. <laughs> I mean, sure, you can't create a whole baby eating a jelly bean, but you can get the same amount of joy. The same amount of joy. You think not, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, you can get a level of joy. You mean it comes from like the same... The same fountain. Disagree? <laughs> nah, I'm not really, I'm not really uh, sold on it all. But I think it's uh, good to, uh, you know, have in mind going into your life out there in the world. <laughs> what is good to have in your mind going out there in the world? Uh, just these things that like, well, I mean, I, I do like the whole uh, belief of that each person sort of like needs to live their own life. And then you sort of like come back and like share the energy that you have captured Mm. and then the two energies come together and then they there's an erotic explosion that happens Mm. (laughs) okay wonderful but i think it's like the the very small like tail end of the eroticism definition curve it's pretty far out there i i see from how we've held the definition of eroticism where you come from yes i do see that but in the same breath, sex doesn't begin when you see somebody attractive. No. You know what I mean? Like, or especially for women. Like, for me, like, okay. it's it's a whole day. That I believe. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, in the moment. Women are complicated. Men are simple. <laughs> but I do understand that when you when you phrase it that way. So, but even with your life, you always, you like to believe that everything leads to sex, right? Or like, yeah, like, like that's a sort of primal driver for us doing a lot of things, yeah. whether how you prim yourself or like what job you do, you, you just mm-hmm. like the culmination of this will be being able to reproduce right. with the mo- the highest species. Yes. Right. And like most competently being able to accomplish that right but so in the same token it doesn't start when you see that person because that's fair you can be if you were just like 
struggling in your career mm-hmm. or you are struggling in your career. I wouldn't feel very erotic at all. <laughs> you know, but you don't even have the confidence to approach that person. Maybe. Unless you just like are able to understand that you'll get there eventually and that partner will be able to reap the wo- rewards later on. Yeah, they just but have a little patience with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to date your pa- who's going to date your potential? You, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Me aside. <laughs> who's dating your potential? Very few people. People do. People do. There's lots of women that date men that because they they see that they have it in them even though they're not there yet. Okay. They have to otherwise we wouldn't get very far in life. But anyway, the point of bringing up this topic was for, to remind you, Andrew, that you can create your own eroticism and to let you know, listeners of the podcast, you can use your imagination, A, right? So if you can't do things that you were able to do before, you can dream about doing those things in the future, like how I dream about going to Mexico one day soon, to create within you the feeling, you know, and the hope. Because sometimes I get kind of down on life situations, you know. But knowing that within yourself, there's a way to sort of hold yourself over until the actual thing. So the takeaway, because a lot of these things we're talking about happen like outside. If you think about like a meditation session, Mm -hmm. like that's something that happens like here, present within you. Okay. A lot of things we talked about happen like out in the world, like you going to the bar and talking to somebody. Right. That's like a not very pandemic type thing. Yeah, but then that's when you call on your imagination hmm. to create that experience. Because your brain does not know, we all know this, your brain can't tell whether it's real or fake, right? Okay. It can't. So you're just supposed to like think about that sort of interaction? Imagine. Imagine that sort not of interaction? Not just think <laughs> about it. Imagine. Because kids do it all the time, right? Kids Young children are not depressed during the pandemic. Yeah, but... Because they can, they know that this confinement mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything to them. They That's can cool. just create whatever they want. I like the thought. I just worry that some people will be like, it's not good enough for my uh, clinical depression. I'm not talking about clinical depression. Um, okay, not clinical depression, but it's very difficult. The circumstances and just imagining... Doesn't make it less enough difficult. Okay, for, well, for me you to feel sexy and erotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's fine, mm-hmm. right? Because there's yeah. go- going to be periods of your life where that is mm-hmm. the case. What are you going to do about that's it? That's true. So you're not trying to solve everyone's problems right here, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I just wanted to share my... Uh, it definitely gives me a lot of food for thought. Mm. You don't think so? No. <laughs> definitely <laughs> you, not. You don't have any faith in me? Or maybe I'll find out about this thought five years from now. That's all I got. No, I think it's a, I think it's a good way to uh, frame the whole... What gives you that virality or whatever the phrase is, whatever the term is. Yeah, and for... I mean, it doesn't always... Like you said, yes, it could be something outside... But maybe there's things that you can do inside that give that to you. Some mm-hmm. people paint, mm-hmm. you know, some people run. Mm-hmm. Some people 
Clean. Some people go on Twitter. Some people vacuum. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Whatever gives you life. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell us, listeners of the podcast, what gives you life? Sexual life. Erotic life. You do not have to say, tell us what gives you sexual What turns life. you on? No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Andrew Nimi. Yes. You went outside and played poker. I did. What is this life? Three times. Three since w- times. Since we last spoke. Three sessions. And how was your experience outside playing poker? Interesting. The end. Do you care to expand? <clears throat> uh, so I went to the Bellagio twice and Aria once. Okay. So the, uh, the first time I played Bellagio, 510, no limit hold'em. And uh, the games were definitely above average. This was on a Friday night. And so I was like, yep, I've been hearing that the games are above average during the whole pandemic thing. And uh, it seemed to play out. Um, I don't think I played my best, but still games were soft and uh, managed to book a nice win. Night number two, pretty much complete opposite. Like games were really bad on a Saturday night. Mm. So that was disappointing. And again, I did not play my best and it didn't work out this time. Are you a bit rusty? Um yes i'm also just like i don't have like a lot of patience for whatever reason i think because like multi-tabling online games uh i think it's because like like the markets have been like so exciting interesting and easy payday every day pretty much Mm -hmm. yeah bull run bull run life has been like on fire for the past like bunch of months uh so to like kind of sit there and grind it out playing you know like $30 $30 raise pots. I'm not in a good mental spot, basically. Mm. Uh, so it didn't work out the second night. And I've basically retired from No Limit Texas Hold'em again. Uh, <laughs> and so I went, again? And so I went over to Aria uh, last night and played the 5510 PLO. And that game was really soft. Uh, I was seeing some things. I was like, whoa. I made like a bunch of like tight folds. And afterwards, when I finally saw some showdowns, I was like, I should not have folded. Mm. versus what's going on here in this game um so i had a good night last night and uh enjoyed that and i will not retire from that yet pending further results (laughs) Um, so anyway i mean it's it seems like a very small sample size to retire on yeah but i just know that like every time i think about like putting in the necessary work that it's going to take to be in a uh, profitable spot and have a, a good size edge in the no limit hold'em my mind just like immediately goes to like what's the point and there's like a lot that could be said about that about poker um and just like how we're getting closer and closer to the you know solved um the ceiling gets lower if you're not going to put in the work you're just like a step behind and so every time i think about like putting in the work and like getting into solvers and doing all this stuff off the off the table and like also creating content and like trying to have other things going on in life. It's it's not very erotic to me. <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Andrew Nimi, can the listeners of the Tells podcast expect a video? A video blog? A video blog of these poker playing sessions or one session? Probably not. But what I just want to like figure out what the plan is here first. I need to get right in my head. Okay, you can stop watching now. Bye. I am a little bit. uh, So like the things I said about studying the No Limit Hold'em 
don't really apply to PLO. Like I'm pretty interested in learning a little bit more at least about mm-hmm. the PLO, possibly finding a coach. I keep thinking about that and I probably should. Um, so I don't know if anyone cares about PLO content. It's like, it doesn't make for as good content as No Limit Hold'em does. Why is that? Uh, well, there's less cards on the screen. It's less confusing. Um, you can go all in at any moment. Whereas in PLO, you can only bet the size of the pot. Oh, I see. Okay. So any one moment you can lose your insta- your entire stack or win someone else's stack. Yeah, and it's just less confusing. More people play it. They more people get it, etc. I'm not, I'm sure I'll play like tournaments. Um, I'm still down to play No Limit Hold'em in locations outside of Vegas, and I'm pretty interested in like kicking around the idea of starting a home game of some sort. Uh, just a little uh, sprinkle of possibility out there in the world. Very disappointed that we're not getting a video. Uh, there will be a video eventually, but I need to get 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 my mind right. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you for giving us an update on the your poker poker life. You mad about the video? Yeah, a little bit. I'll get there eventually. I just gotta figure out a couple things. I'm pretty eager to go back to the PLO game and see if it's as soft. I mean, a lot of people are clearly very angry, mm. leaving very angry mm. comments. Mm-hmm. We'll get into uh, we'll get into the YouTube comments next time on tells. I thought maybe today, but we went down a erotic rabbit hole (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for all the well wishes in the comments we read them all andrew's on the mend or fully mended are you fully mended um you have a cough every three hours or so slight cough uh the inner workings the lungs Mm -hmm. i don't think they're fully better do you feel like pressure uh, so I got this whoop thing and it tells me that my respiratory rate is still elevated compared to what it used to be. So I think, uh, I need to get in the gym and do some work. Hmm. I think that's, I think it'd be good to, uh, get back after it, et cetera. So but generally like feeling pretty good. Out of a hundred? 90. It's pretty high. 91. <laughs> Why did you have to add an extra point? Because you looked worried. <laughs> okay i think that is all we have time for on this episode of tells okay uh if you like this podcast please like the video if you're watching on youtube uh subscribe if you care to so you can know when we publish more of these chats and you can also write to us hello at tellspodcast.com with any questions or comments we appreciate the feedback uh or you can text or call us 702-690-9299. Who's going to be the next person to send us a voice message? Um, huh? No. Call us, leave us a little voice memo. Editing that out. Phones don't do this anymore. They do this. That's right. I'm old. <laughs> yes, you are old. All right. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.